The Joker by Scott Leopold, Chapter 24, Journal Entry. I will never forget the day my mother died. When I got home, Grandma Daisy was sitting at the dining room table with her head in her hands. I could feel her sorrow as soon as I walked through the door. When she looked up, I saw pain written across the wrinkles in her face. There were dark bags under her eyes. I knew something was wrong. What is it, Grandma? I asked. Jack, you better sit down, she murmured. Sitting in the chair across from her, I wondered what could be so bad I needed to sit down. Then I realized who was causing her such pain. Only one person in the world could cause my grandmother that much grief. It couldn't be anyone else. It's your mother, Jack. She has been burning her candle at both ends for years. It's finally caught up with her. Is she... My stomach soured as I struggled to get the words out. She gazed at me, years of pain and disappointment rolling down her cheeks, smearing mascara all the way to her chin. She nodded her head. I sat in disbelief. How? How, Grandma? I asked. Curling her chin into her chest, she looked down at the table. They believe she overdosed on methadone. However, it could have been a combination of a lot of different drugs. Whatever it was, it caused her heart to stop. When the paramedics tried to revive her, it was too late. She is brain dead, and they want us to take her off life support. Grandma Daisy reached across the table and held my hand. The two of us sat there as the sun sank into the earth, casting a blanket of darkness upon us. I wasn't sad. I was shocked. There were a thousand emotions running through my head. I was angry, disappointed, and distressed that she could have done, she couldn't have been just a regular mother. Over the next couple of days, I spent a lot of time at the hospital, talking with the doctors and reliving my life with her. There was nothing we could do. My mother was brain dead. Grandma Daisy, my siblings, and I all agreed the best thing to do was to take her off life support. We each took a moment with her. I didn't want to say goodbye. She was the cause of so many bad things that happened to me, but I still loved her. At the last minute, I changed my mind. I entered the room and looked at her lying lifeless in her tiny bed. She was on a breathing machine with tubes and wires on every part of her body. There was even one down her throat. I took her hand, then I cried. I love you, Mom. I always have, but sometimes it was hard to love you because you didn't love me back. All I ever wanted was to feel like you wanted me. My heart filled with all the good memories of her, the times we had together that I had totally forgotten about, like how she would take me to the art museum and walk the gardens with me. I'd be holding her hand, skipping around, singing zippity-doo-dah. I leaned over and kissed her on the cheek. I told her I loved her. 
Walking out, I stopped to look back. My emotions were at war. I avoided the rest of my family by hiding in the restroom long enough to wash my face with cold water, trying to regain some kind of composure. When I returned to my mother's room, everyone was present, and there was a nurse standing over her, preparing to remove the respirator. The nurse explained that once it was removed, she would only have a few minutes before her heart would stop beating and she would leave us. She asked if we understood what was about to happen. We each nodded. She then removed the respirator. We were all startled when my mother gasped for air, her face contorted in pain. Then there was a horrible bone-chilling moan. Is she in pain? I screamed at the nurse. Do something! Don't worry. She feels no pain. This is just how the body reacts. It's natural. She left us days ago, the nurse replied. I then looked at the monitor. My mother's heart rate was quickly slowing. Then eventually it flatlined. The room was uncomfortably silent, but you could hear the roar of mooted grief and sadness that consumed each of us. We were all remembering her in our own way. Even after death, I was desperately seeking her love. It seemed like time was moving backward for me. The closer I got to the end of my senior year in high school, the more slowly the clock ticked. Losing my mother made me want to know who my father was. When I asked Grandma Daisy about it, she told me to leave it alone. Some things are better unknown, she explained. I could not accept that answer. I wanted to know that part of my past. I wanted answers. Grandma Daisy knew she couldn't stop me, so she eventually conceded. The only phone number she had was John O'Malley's, Sam's father. Giving me the digits, she explained that John O'Malley was my grandfather. It suddenly struck me as odd that I knew none of this. Why didn't I know this part of my life? Grandma's Daisy's lips trembled as she dialed the number and handed me the phone. I could hear the vibrating sound of the ring. Eventually, I heard a voice. Hello? Are you John? I, I mean, John O'Malley, I asked. Yes, I am. Who is this? Um, Jack. Jack O'Malley, I replied. There was a silence for an awkward moment. Jack? John finally said, Cindy's son? Yes, Cindy is my mother. Why are you calling? Well, I was hoping to speak to my father, Sam. It was dead silent. I wanted to go on asking questions, but I made myself wait for him to speak. Jack, first, my son, Sam, is in the FBI. It's hard enough for me to reach him, let alone to tell you how to get a hold of him. But that's a different point. I hate to be the one to tell you this, but Sam is not your father. Search somewhere else for whatever it is you're trying to find, he explained. The phone dangled from my hand until he continued. Jack, please don't call here again. With that, the line went dead. My hand shook as I slowly put the phone back on its receiver. I felt like someone had struck a knife into my heart. I didn't know what to think. 
I was humiliated. Had my mother lied? Or was John lying? I was so confused. It didn't really matter. I didn't know him anyway, and Sam never reached out to me. Fuck him. I didn't need that son of a bitch anyway. A part of me always questioned whether Sam was my father. I may never know the truth. I remembered all, I removed all traces of Sam O'Malley from my life. I would take my grandmother's last name. Grandma Daisy had been more of a father to me than anyone. It was perfect, and it would give me a chance to reinvent myself. As soon as I turned 18, I went to the courthouse and changed my name officially 